Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first Going in Circles Big Monday show of February. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast, my co-host on the Big Monday show, Mr. Barry Spears, fresh off of his TVG debut yesterday, will be with us in just a minute. And we have a lot to talk about. Not from Oaklawn, because it's February and it freezes in Oaklawn pretty much every year. Uh, they had to cancel by Coa has been pushed off till next Saturday, this coming Saturday, where it'll be the co-feature with the Razorback down there in chilly hot springs. Uh, but we had stake action. We have all kinds of issues, as usual. Tampa Bay had a pick five meltdown. We'll talk about that. Uh, our friend, Mr. Baffert, he doesn't even win races just like now by, you know, impressive margins. Now they just all win by the length of the stretch. Had two big winners yesterday at Santa Anita, um, including another <laughs> another derby prep that uh, didn't award a lot of points. Not that there's a lot of points available, but that's a story that I'm sure I'll bitch about at some point during this derby season. Um but a lot of a lot of action. We had the Holy Bow. We had the Withers. We had a lot of undercard stakes. Um, pretty good weekend of racing. Personally, was a lot of second place finishes. But uh, hey, what are you going to do? There's always next week. Anyways, we'll be back with uh, the sniper right after the break. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Sniper. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm here. It's Monday. You know, it's Big Monday. It's Big Monday. Yeah. It's the first Monday of February. It is, right? Oh, I don't like that. Yes, winter is in full effect. Short, short month, though, right? Uh, actually, we have four Big Mondays uh, in February. Four Mondays in February. All right. Um, 
Oak Lawn canceled this past weekend because it's February, and uh, every February they get to they the ice. on a normal. Well, well, I say normal, but previous years they wouldn't be running right now, right? They would be just starting. They would just have started, yeah, not that long ago, and they wouldn't be running this weekend, no matter what, or, or past weekend because uh, snow, right? Uh, ice, worse. Oh, it's not like the same situation they had last year. Where it was like ridiculous. no, no. Last year they got buried. I mean, it was that was unusually bad snowstorm. But no, uh, well, sounds like they're going to be uh, on pace to open up back this weekend. They're going to add three Thursday cards in March. Koa, which was scheduled for Saturday, has been moved to this coming Saturday. Where will be the co-feature with the uh, the Razorback? Hmm. All right. Sounds like a plan. So, uh, you had a big weekend. Yeah, it was all right. You know, little guest appearance on the uh, TVG, the Mothership, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, without further ado. How was the experience? Oh, it was excellent. It it was really, you know, for me, I've I've dabbled a little bit in TV before, but not live TV. Live TV, you know, from my uh, experience on Sunday is a completely different animal. Um, I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of chatter in my ear you know the producers and um confusion might just be a tvg thing sorry tvg <laughs> i was low-hanging fruit <laughs> um but yeah after i got i got used to it you know um it, it didn't take me long to to kind of adapt but by the time i kind of got to adapt i was you know i got comfortable and then it was over you know, probably get some more shots at it. Uh, probably sooner rather than later. But you know, it was it was great. You know, I I, I can't say enough about everyone's uh, on Twitter. Everybody was just absolutely positive. You know, they they were a lot more positive than I was about it. To be honest with you, um, and it it was it was definitely great. You know, I like one of those times where it feels like you know uh, everybody came kind of together it was it was pretty cool you know i mean not that i did that myself personally or anything like that i'm not saying that but you know it was just a lot of positive vibes and it was it was it was a really good day yeah exactly and itp gave you a pass on the ticket construction yeah, yeah. I told him I was nervous. I was like, I just kind of put put a ticket together to to try to get through it, and I almost <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that was my best ticket I've ever put out on the Facebook. Well, but I mean, you had you, know, you had three non non chalks in a row, and then the chalk you needed. You know the tapioca is tough to bet. I mean, I, I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says. It's tough to bet on that. It crap. is. It's tough. It is tough. Like, whoa. it was so funny. Like the first race the other day on Sunday, the Pletcher horse moves to the lead at the quarter pole. Looks like a winner. 
on dirt, like that horse never loses, right? I mean, that that's the winning move, even on the turf. And on the, the, the tapita. Almost got passed by two horses. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I, I don't know how to, how to look at races and like, you know, you have a certain way of looking at a race, right? You watch a race, you can watch a horse perform. And some people have no idea what the hell they're looking at. I mean, that's obvious, including <laughs> from people who looked up in front of cameras. But, um, you know, you, you watch a race and, and uh, you know, it helps to have accurate times, <laughs> which we don't have anymore either. But um, a lot of times you can say, you know, that horse ran a really good race. He ran um, in, into the teeth of a you know, wind or, or he was the only pace survivor or he overcame a slow pace or, you know, trips or, you know, the aqueducts had, you know, these unbelievable biases uh, seemingly for a couple of weeks now. Uh, or the rail's good, the rail's no good. and But on Tapita, you just don't have any idea. Like, to me, I, I don't know whether a horse ran good on it or didn't run good. And I, I don't mean just because they won or they lost. Because horses can run, you know, okay and win. And horses can run great and lose. But there's just no rhyme or reason to it. And I, I think it's a big mistake for people to think that the betters will adapt. I don't, I don't think that in this day and age we should be sitting saying to ourselves well they may not like it but they'll adapt because i think in a lot of ways the one thing that sports wagering has done is said it's given people another option to say well i'm not going to bet on your crap because i don't like it and i'm going to um you know bet on a 16 parlay you know <laughs> yeah that that's that's a you know that's the the elephant in the room as far as you know what to bet and when um but as far as tapita goes you know i i've found that it seems like horses that actually have won on the lead on that surface have won by accident yeah, yeah you know right. it's it, it's it's kind of one of two things either the the wind or track condition changed for that period of time where they were able to carry their speed or nobody else ran on it. Like nobody else even a attempted to run because you don't see too many wire to wire winners. Although the other day on Sunday, uh, yesterday, um, horses that were actually forwardly placed kind of hung around. And it wasn't necessarily the speed horses, but they were still kind of up closer than usual. And, and that wide sweeping move that, that a lot of jockeys been using, um, Edwin Gonzalez is, is one that's been using that move a lot. And it just wasn't working out too great. So it, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's really tough to, to figure out that because, you know, when, when you handicap races, um, specifically in American dirt races, you're looking for speed first, and then you kind of work your way backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to do that on Tapita. Because but even even on turf, Barry, I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to examine the pace of a race in a turf race. And, sure. and yeah, the dynamics a lot of times are different, but um, it, it is, it's like maybe, like for me, the first thing I look at, okay, well, who are... Who are the pace setters? What kind of pace are we looking at? Are we looking at a strong pace? Are we looking at potentially a soft pace? Is it going to be, um, you know, normal? Is there a sprinter stretching out? And like you said, 
on Tapita. I remember when Turf, not Turfway, uh, Keeneland first put the poly track in. And the first couple of weeks, <laughs> speed was terrible. And it was almost comical watching guys break from the gate. And, and no one wants to lead. Yeah. <laughs> which was like 180 degrees from how they used to. Before they put the, the Tapita in, the old Keeneland was so inside speed biased that it, it was like you know, the jocks were doing anything in their power to get to the lead and get to the rail. I mean, and now they're, they're doing the exact opposite. They don't want the lead and they don't want the rail. And, uh, you know, guys like Tommy the hammer, like he doesn't get it. Tommy doesn't get it at all because he could handicap, you know, two Billy goats running down the road <laughs> and figure out the winner. And, and that's the he, he's it's it's like why why great players are a lot of times not good coaches because they they never had to um, figure it out because it, it just came so easy to them and they've you know things came automatically to them. Right. Guys don't see the game like they do. They don't have the ability, physical ability they do. Well, yeah, the hammer he he can figure it out because he's a great handicapper and he's a great better. He's an like, absolutely for, tremendous you know, better. For, for normal people like me, it's just like I, I almost give up because it's like I don't know what I'm watching here because, you know, it changes from day to day. And then it just is – I mean, maybe – if listen, maybe I just don't do enough work on it. Maybe I should, um, you know, keep track every single day of, of, of the paths and of um, – I, I just it's don't – you know. It's tough because, you know, <laughs> you like you were saying, like somebody like Tommy just – he he just – does things he doesn't really <laughs> analyze it and it's it's just a lot of feel for him he he's he's a really great better um but i mean trends uh, i mean the trend is inside speed on the tapita is no no good yeah well at least but this on one. the dirt it's it's that's where you want to be i mean the prime example was yesterday um i think the the first race was tapita and inside speed quit. Then the next race, race two, was a dirt race at I think seven, and inside speed one. Yeah, had no problem. It was a uh, Louis size on a seven two shot, and and it was like, well, there you have it. That's just you know what we're dealing with, betting Gulfstream in a nutshell right there. And and I I'm not like again I'm 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 not against the Tapita. Um, other than the fact that, you know, it changes the the way races are carded or the, you know, the, the entire card is. And then the field sizes are, are going to be different. And it, and it looked like lately that they've been trying not to use as many Tapita races if they could help it. I mean, maybe that's because of the stakes days that they've had the last two weekends. But um, like on Pegasus Day, they were two Tapita races out of 12, right? Yeah. And then uh, Saturday, I think it was the same. So you're going to see more turf races. They, they were babying at the turf. Listen, that's just phased facts. The turf just, whatever happened last fall, um, and growing grass is a lot different than, than manicuring a dirt track, True. where if you have a problem, you just dig it back up and... <laughs> And, and go down to the base and figure it out and then, and then, you know, build it back up. And in five, six, seven days, um, you can 
get you know get get to the crux of the problem and and a lot of times be able to to get a fix unless it's like a massive issue of some sort turf is turf it has to grow you know and whatever for whatever reason whatever factors played a part the turf coming into this meet just wasn't very good shape and um it didn't look as good as it usually does coming off of the calder break and there was no calder but they stopped using it early in the fall so it had been a long time it been used it just hasn't been that great and the fact of the matter was they needed to get through they have a million dollar race on the turf on pegasus day and they have a, a new half a million dollar race on the turf on pegasus day and uh that's the one day of the year that their boss really pays attention so they had to restrict as much as they could to try to get through those races and now once those races have been run you're going to see a lot more um races written on the on the turf i mean it might not go back to you know the salad days of eight turf races but uh you know you saw 20 claimers you saw 16 claimers, you saw um a lot more races like you said on the turf and and as long as it holds up, I'm sure that you'll see that throughout the rest of the championship meet, which, which is a good thing. And, and yeah. I mean, it's it's been pretty. Um, the the story about the handle in December and January is true. It has been hurt, and part of that is because of um, having to use so many torpedo races, having unfamiliarity torpedo, and also with the fact that field size. Field size matters. Turf field size at Gulfstream is always exceptionally good. And the Tapita is not turf. It's not, it, it may serve as a replacement of sorts, but it's not turf. And the field size was down. And you know, that's just, you know, fact of life. If field size is down, your, your handle's probably going to be down. So, you know, hopefully that we can get some more turf races and, um, you know, can be a little bit more representative of meat than, uh, than it was early in the, you know, when, when we went seemingly a week we'd get three turf races <laughs> yeah that that yeah for a little while there in like mid-january it was rough um but i was you know thinking it might be due to weather the weather too baby. uh i think it there was, was chilly and i know i, at, I think there was 24 point. races in january taken off the turf which yeah is, well last year there was three yeah, in january so difference yeah so, uh, speaking of issues of wagering, <laughs> yesterday at Tampa, um, they had a big carryover, and the weather was a little spotty um, the last few days over there, and I guess the course wasn't uh, firm like usual, and uh, it was a little bit of confusion <laughs> Uh, as to what was actually going on. And the story that I've received from sources is that um, after the fourth race, the jockeys decided that they didn't want to ride on the turf course anymore. <laughs> so this doesn't happen like as they gallop out, right? The jockeys have to weigh out, they have to walk back, and then whatever powwow they had. So we're probably talking, you know, 10, 12 minutes past the uh the finish of the previous race and then that message has to get relayed up to the stewards and and then decisions are made so with the pick five looming 
um, they took the races off the turf and all of a sudden there was a million scratches and they <laughs> added a few minutes to post time, but not, you know, nearly enough because people weren't even, didn't even know. Uh, and you got to remember too, that probably 95% of that pool was bet off track. It wasn't people at Tampa Bay Downs. And unless you're there, I mean, if you're standing at Gulfstream or you're standing at, uh, you're, you're at home and you're watching another track or you have the TV on and, um, you know, you're, you're not going to probably catch it as quickly as, as you needed to. And, um, you know, betters were understandably pissed off because with a big carryover pool, you're going to get a lot of money bet into it. Carryover money is, is a, is a low, it basically is essentially a, a, drops the takeout on the race because of the added money in the pool. So you're going to get a, a, a lot more money bet into the, the, the sequence and, and people were really pissed. And, and there's a factor at play that hasn't really been the case at Tampa Bay before. And um, it's something that no one I've noticed has, has said anything was that Tampa's races are on Fox and they were pressed by Fox to get the races running because they had a schedule to keep. And that's something that unfortunately is uh, a tricky area for a racetrack because yes, the betters are their customers, but when a track like Tampa Bay get, gets on a, uh, a network, a national network, they also don't want to push the envelope too hard that way. So uh, not no excuses, just saying, that that was a factor as well. The Fox uh, broadcast was, uh, uh, they were pushing to uh, to get the races run, not without, you know, without a 15-minute delay just wasn't going to happen. So huh. uh, I understand why people are pissed off, and, and I don't blame them. And, and it's just sometimes um, just a confluence of events, and it's just, uh, you know, this happened. Unfortunate, you know, it, it was it wasn't technically like anybody's fault per se. It wasn't like you know, they, they held information back as far as the turf when they started the the, the card. I don't know. It, it's it's just not it's not good for horse players, especially, you know, nowadays where they have Twitter and they can sit on the soapbox and <laughs> and talk about how horrible it is. Uh, I mean, I, I saw multiple tweets yesterday how people were really upset. But, you know, it's not like it happens all the time, especially at Tampa. It's not a, a thing with them. So, I mean, there's, there's really not much you can do, unfortunately. No, and, and I understand why people are pissed off. I'm not saying that they should. Oh, yeah. No. The problem, too, for horse, or excuse me, for, for betters is that they don't really have an avenue to express themselves outside of social media in mm -hmm. the jocks guild, uh, you know, has, if the jockeys have a problem, they can go to the guild and, and, and they will negotiate or they will talk to management or, or the stewards or whoever the horsemen, same kind of thing. Um, the betters don't, they don't have an organization to call. Um, there's no central, uh, authority or, or body that they can register their complaints with outside of the racetracks and racetracks are not all that receptive to complaints. I mean, you know, you, you can 
sometimes get through. You know, it's amazingly easy to get through to the stewards. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine, and he's a little bit out there, he called me one day and it was like, I can't believe what the stewards told me. I said, how did you get a hold of the stewards? I, he said, I just, I just called him. I said, what do you mean you just called him? He said, I called the, 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 the number at the track and I said, contact me to the stewards. And the, the operator put him through it. He, he, they picked the phone up and said, stewards. <laughs> he said, I'm so-and-so and, uh, you know, I'm a big better and, and, uh, and you know, whatever his beef was, he, he gave him and they gave him some excuse and he didn't really like it. And, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, emails too. The, they're direct. Like, like I understand why tracks don't want to like come out and, and explain every situation, but sometimes I think that they really have a responsibility to at the very least say, Hey, listen, you know, we screwed this up a little bit or it was screwed up or this is what happened. I just think it's a better policy to do that. I don't know why they don't want to do that. It seems like, um, if there's something, what, why do, why do you want to let that linger? Right. I mean, I mean, what's your feelings on that? Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. I, I think they should do it more times than they don't, you know, explain things. Um, especially with DQs. I mean, you know, sometimes they, they'll just DQ. <laughs> okay. We're going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm heading down that road. Uh, that, that one at Santa Anita was pretty rough. Third uh, race Sunday. Was it Sunday? Was it yesterday? Saturday. Saturday, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, it was Saturday. And yeah. It, I don't I don't know how they came up with that. I saw maybe two people that didn't necessarily agree or disagree, but wasn't upset with the call. But most people that I saw, heard, etc., very upset. It was a tough call to make. I mean, it was really, I thought it was, you know, where the action took place was late in the race. Um, the the horse that was on the outside, I believe the Baffert horse, uh, Shaz, um, was kind of laying in and didn't really want to pass anyway. And what the horse in front did, really didn't change that that horse was never going by him no the, the stewards of Santa Anita are terrible they they they're just not good and I don't care if they don't like it I don't care if that Cheney guy doesn't like it they all suck out there it's just the truth well I mean there's too many of these instances I mean it's just like and to, and to to have them say well it's unanimous that means you're there's three clowns instead of two or one it, there's no way it should have been unanimous no. It's there's no way it should have been unanimous. The that. problem is this: is that they number one they 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 look at one view and they get locked on. If you watch the pan shot, the horse never stopped right. The, the jockey never stopped riding, and like you said, the horse in the second was leaning in. He wasn't. He was making a lot of his own trouble, and that's you can't reward a horse. For bad behavior, especially right? one that wasn't going to win, <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't going to win. like this cost him a placing. You people are not smart enough to figure out if it costs a horse a placing. You're just not. You're just not. The rule sucks, 
everything in California, regulation-wise, is just a disaster. They have six-horse fields galore. The stake races all should be downgraded, every single one of them. If you downgraded every race in California, every graded stake, you would only make a couple mistakes. <laughs> Look at the Philly race yesterday. Everybody's all oohing and on over the Philly to one. And yeah, she looks like a really good horse. But this is uh, every year it's a four or five horse field. There's made and, and not really particularly good ones. It's just, I mean, that, that race is just not a great race. If you cannot get a, a representative field in your races, then you shouldn't keep the grade. I don't mean to harp on California in particular, but the, the stewards there stink. They're just bad. I mean, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible call. Yeah, that was that was rough. That, that was, essentially happens that at was... almost every race at some point during the race. And then I'll, I'll watch. I, I, I haven't seen, but I'm sure they'll compound it by giving the jock days. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will because they aren't very good at their jobs. Yeah, that's a tough one to get days for. <laughs> Who regulates the regulators? Nobody. Right? Problem that the problem that's look, look at the debacle of the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, who is supposed to have a hearing tomorrow. Tomorrow, February eighth, for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> the next one's almost here. Exactly. Who regulates the regulators? Nobody. Nobody. Well, I mean, with with the the Kentucky Derby thing and the and the commission, it's like, well, what have you been doing for the last nine months that you couldn't keep this date or what happened? You know, and they didn't explain that. They just said, no, we're just not going to have it. It's going to be next week. They never said anything. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for Naira and, and having Baffert having you know that hearing last week. We may not even right. Know it wouldn't have got tomorrow. out. It wouldn't have got out in the public. Right. We we may not have even know what's happening until Clark Brewster decided to you know go go public with it. But that's that's just. Could you imagine a group of people decided that regulation and horse racing needs to be um, fixed? And it, we need to have common rules and not include uh, in-race infractions. <laughs> like, like. <sighs> well, as far as the communication and, and being transparent, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around the idea of what they have to gain by not being transparent or forthcoming with information no what i was pointing out was that like heisa doesn't have anything to do with oh these... heisa can't fix that. nothing now why wouldn't you have that be part of it that should be i've said this a million times a guy getting a positive for some innocuous drug that he takes seven days or gets fined 500 bucks is far far less damaging than taking a horse on a Saturday afternoon at a major track down where the whole world hates you and you stole money from people's pockets. 
Not, you know, oh, this so-and-so finished fourth five months ago and, and he's got a $500 fine and, and oh, that wouldn't happen in Iowa. Well, who cares? Yes, having ha having um, the same rules on medication is great. It's smart. It's, it's, it's great. But why can't we have other things? Well, <laughs> I know? part of it and and our our guy uh Sid Fernando kind of brought this up a little bit last week um is that there's basically a, a constitutionality issue <laughs> um with that because the states have their own rules and i guess it's you know from what what he was telling me is that the federal government can't make the states do their bidding on their behalf. So they have to basically like sign up for it. And that's where that whole thing with Texas came into play where they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. And so on. So there's, there's some issues there. And, and this is the kind of stuff that we talked about before is like, why are they doing this at the last minute? This should have been thought of five years ago. Well, I, I don't know why. Well, I understand, like, you're right, and, and the constitutionality of states' rights versus the federal government's, um, you know, decision or ability to go in and, and, and overrule states' rights about their own things, it, it certainly is for people a lot smarter than me to figure out. If right, it's, it's up for debate. Yeah. But, but if you're going to have a, 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 a law like HISA, like, what states would, would oppose having the same rules for for takedowns i mean seriously it's like should, it's the whip should, rule is yeah. is included under the safety part like what would be more safety ish related a, a jockey being able to carry a whip and, and strike a horse six times at various places during the race or a guy hurting uh, another guy over the rail like what which, which would be a bigger safety issue in your mind oh number two Right. So why is number two not part of <laughs> sounds funny when I said it that way. But why <laughs> why is that not <laughs> stewards make me think of number two often. But wh why is that not part of the equation? I mean, if anything, if anything needs a national standard, it's how races are adjudicated. And this is something like this isn't uh like what happens at a lab, right? I've never been to a a, a racetrack laboratory or, or you know, I have no idea what goes on there. None. Zero. Right? I've been doing this for 40 years, and I have no idea what the hell goes on in those places. <laughs> but we all see the, what happens on a racetrack, and we all see how races are judged so, you know, wildly different. And, and some of it, sure, is probably not just the rules. It's more of the interpretation of the rules. But, like, why is this not a priority I mean, seriously, training. These people need more training. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy to me because, like, someone, like, any horse player that's been playing the races for, you know, a certain amount of years has seen a lot and could probably adjudicate a lot better than some of the people that are doing it. Well, the problem is now is that it's not like it was before in the past where you were at the track and you watched your own track. And that was pretty much all you watched. Now people mm -hmm. watch races from all over the place. They go off 
they go off the same time a lot of times, but you know they go off bang, 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 bang. You're seeing all these different places. It's almost like if you 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 were the coach of a football team, and and remember, people look at racing as a singular event, right? Like they don't take into consideration, oh well, this is a different state, oh this is a different track, oh this is it, it's racing as racing. It's not, but that's how people look at it. And if you imagine, if you were having a you had a football team, and the wide receivers. They they had their own set of rules and own practice, and then the, the line had their own practice, and the the quarterbacks had their own practice, and nobody ever worked together. So they all they all ran their plays separately. Well, that's that's kind of what we have here, and that New York rules on one way. Uh, the stewards at Laurel they don't just make it up as they go along. California, who knows what the hell is going on? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? That if, if in, in in the fairgrounds, if you're an out of towner and you breathe on anybody, they DQ you. Yeah, just imagine that. Like on on a Sunday, like you see, let's say the the one one o'clock games for football, and all the rules are different in every stadium. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, it's it's, it's absurd, it's, but that's it's... how it works in racing. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. And those sports are difficult, like. Ours is not the easiest sport to, to judge, but it's not the hardest. You have a race every 30 minutes. You don't have a play every 30 seconds. You have multiple views. For some reason, they get to talk to the guys. Uh, some places have even gone to the drone, which is actually, you know, a, a, another, you know, positive maneuver. But. It just seems archaic that we just kind of make it up as we go along. And I'm sure, positive, that the stewards aren't required to explain their decision. And I'm sure that there's no every month or every quarter, or every six months or every year, that, that, that all these controversial decisions aren't looked at by a panel of impartial judges who would say, well, we believe this was a mistake. We think this is not a mistake. Why did, why did you judge this? this particular way and, and this race, not a different particular way to just try to, to eliminate the errors and consistencies, but it comes down to funding and it comes down to effort. And much of, uh, much of, of racing, uh, suffers from, from a lack of effort. And there was a story in the local Saratoga paper, the times union, um, about they're having a, I don't know, like a four part series on, on, racing and testing and it doesn't seem like it needed four parts but you know they, they gotta let that pizza scumbag guy you know he, he's got the, the anti-racing guy he, he he always has a forum with the times union but um yeah it's crazy but one of the things that that george malin said and, and he is right in that funding is an issue and if you don't spend more money and, and you think about new york right they have how many harness tracks they have two thoroughbred tracks i mean the finger lakes and you know naira runs year round so you're talking thousands of races and they're spending like five million bucks for, for testing and when you consider that uh, there's individual races at saratoga belmont that, that take more than five million dollars in races <laughs> and you're, you're using that for the entire year for for all the breeds it's just another you know, question, question of of, of how, how do we 
how can we make this better and why 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 aren't we talking about this and why does it take a guy who's 83 years old who's been doing it for 30 years to finally bring this out in the open and and um you talk about Heisa in the beginning you know like you said one at the beginning of the whole um process to get Heisa going before it was named Heisa or Heisa whatever the hell it's called Ben, for me, is funding. How are you going to pay for it? I mean, and that's the thing, is that where is the money going to come from? And that's if it survives the constitutionality challenge, which which it sounds like it might not. But, again, that's that's beyond my scope. But um, my, my problem has been from day one is how do you – get the proper funding to do it right because if you're not doing it right then what the hell is the point <laughs> yeah it's, it's just frustrating it's, it's just frustrating when when these problems have existed for so long and you know the stewards issues i mean it's just I just don't understand why no one thinks this is important and why people think that what they that the the way it's adjudicated now is okay. Like there's no process of trying to get better. You know, meeting up three or four days a year for some continuing education. It's just you know, ask what? ask a lot of people who have professions about the continuing education courses they have to, to take. It's usually snooze fests. When when you say continuing education for for like a steward, what what kind of things would they do? Well, they have a program. Uh, I I mean I, I know I'll be in the minority here, but I was I was always skeptical when they started um, accrediting stewards a racetrack official because to me once you got it you were kind of in the club and you probably weren't going to lose it and like if I, I you put me in charge of it and, and of course put me in charge of it in a vacuum it's not as, as easy as it as it would sound because of you know i i recognize that we can't just do everything that i say because oh that's why <laughs> i want to do it but i would have a program where 75 percent of the people failed that's how difficult I would make it. I would shake it out. I would I would shake it out. Right, get the best of the best. Yeah, that makes... I have friends of mine that have that are accredited, and 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 I wouldn't let them, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't let them steward uh, uh, two guys in 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 uh, shopping carts in the Target parking lot. <laughs> One of them's a good friend of mine. He can't spell steward. He's accredited though. <laughs> and and it's more than just stewards, all right? It's racing official kind of there's other jobs outside of stewards. And 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 I'm not trying to like get everyone fired. Maybe the people in California. But uh I just think that there's no um you know, you you look in other avenues of life right and once the one thing that people always kind of look down on government employees in that they were always considered quote-unquote lazy right because once you're in you're they never fight like you gotta like commit 
17 murders to, to lose a job, a, a government job most of the time. Well, not only that, but usually they're hooked up. They, right, exactly. So, so I mean, that's why the whole, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I just insulted like, you know, 60 million people, but it's just the truth. And people have always said, well, yeah, I got to work for the state, you know, <laughs> he'll never get fired because that's, that's what happens. I mean, you got to basically commit 12 felonies to get fired from these jobs. Well, that's kind of what we have in, in racing officials in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, there, there's like, who, who do they answer to? I mean, the fact is the track shouldn't be employing stewards anyways. I mean, it just, that's a whole system that if, if you gave me the magic wand and said, all right, fix this, this, this would be part of HISA if HISA was legal and it would be, uh, the, the, the people would work for a, a, a single organization who would send the stewards out to each track and they would have to report back and they would be judged and they would be graded and, and they would be excited. And if they kept making mistakes, huh, then they would be kicked down to the racing office to take entries and, and no more stewarding, you know, and, and that's, that's how it, it, it really should be. It can't really be that way, the way we have it now, because each state, each track, I mean, uh, like Naira in particular has this, the state has a steward, the racing, um, the uh, jockey club has a steward, and, and Naira has a steward. So they have three people in there that all answer to different bosses. Most places uh, have two stewards working for the track and one for the state. Uh, that That's the case in Florida. There's a state steward and there's two um, stewards employed by the racetrack. And, and again, I'm not like making these, they're not bad people. It's just structure to to ensure that they are doing a good job. And a lot of times they, they absolutely 100% think they are doing a good job. But, I mean, don't we all make mistakes in, in whatever profession we've had, right? And, and, and don't you wish you could have someone tell you, hey, listen, you know, you think you're doing it right, but actually you're doing it wrong. So, like, you should adjust it. You should fix it. And we're not talking about decisions that, that are just, you know, mundane decisions. I mean, in some cases, you're talking about, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars bet. You're talking about the value of the bloodstock involved in, depending on the race, uh, can be in the millions. And, and it's just, we just take this, this kind of, uh, you know, nonchalant approach to to the stewards and the decisions that are made and remember another thing stewards don't just make calls at the racetrack i mean there's other stuff that they have to do they have hearings like supposedly they're gonna have one in kentucky tomorrow the um, the you know guys getting fights in the backside there's uh <laughs> smoking in the shed row used to be a big one right people always get fined for smoking in the shed row Stewards of Tampa fined me a hundred dollars one time for yelling at a jockey, even though he deserved to get yelled at. And yeah, wasn't it Lascano? And he agreed with you. Yes, he got yelled at. And I really didn't hardly say anything. I was just kind of like, just like venting, you know, like what the hell were you doing? Like all you had to do was go to the outside. You just made a mistake, you know. But yeah, I mean, there's other things that they do as well, but. And I didn't bet the races at all. I didn't bet at all. I mean, I don't, you know, but um. anyways, we spent enough time talking about this. Yes. 
Yes. What about the racing this weekend? Um, where should we start? <laughs> we start out west, huh? Well, let's start out west. Yesterday. It's only going to take about four points to get in the Derby this year because all the horses with all the points are... Uh, are... <laughs> are Preakness bound. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing about Messier. Well, actually, I can tell you two things. Two things. One thing is he likes Santa Anita. And the other thing is he doesn't really like blinkers. Because his non-blinkers races are much, much better than his blinkers races. But, um, I mean, that wasn't a great bunch yesterday. No. But no one else fired. He fired. I mean, he just left him. That's an understatement. But, uh, you know, whenever that happens, I always have to wonder, it's like, you know, he looked like he was being ridden kind of hard. <laughs> you know, I i mean, I, I don't suspect he emptied the tank. <clears throat> but he looked kind of close. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, like like the filly that ran um, earlier uh, in, in the uh, the girls division of that uh, three-year-old race. Um, her name alludes to me, and, and and the race that she rate, you know, her her race was not exactly, uh, you know, Delaware. Mur- it wasn't exactly Murderer's Road <laughs> either. <clears throat> but she was, she was eased the last sixteenth, I think. Um, I think sometimes there's a fallacy that horses who are eased could run faster. A lot of times. You know, yeah. they're, they're running fast, and they may slow down a, a Dari Manor. A Dari. Yes, a Dari Manor, yeah. The Uncle Mo Philly. Um, you know, she she was eased right at the end. But, um, you know, it's four-horse field, maiden breakers. I, I just, I, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about her, but... Um, But I guess, you know, she can't run in the Derby or the, well, she can't run in anything, the Oaks or the Derby. I mean, this is kind of a, um, I mean, I, I guess we've talked about it for months now that, that this is going to be something that hangs over uh, the, the, the business of Thoroughbred the next you know, three, three and a half months, four months. Owners have blinked and, and taken any of the, the, the horses from Baffer. <clears throat> um, I, I'm just amazed that they're letting this linger for as long as they have. I mean, in my opinion, the, the telltale sign that, nothing much is going to happen or he's going to get off his you know suspension status of, of derby points is nobody's leaving him 
or hardly any. And he has a full hand of cards here. <laughs> he's got he's got probably how many four at least four horses that are legit contenders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's not a strong year. I mean, that's no, it's not. But he has. Let's all face he it, it. It's it's a it's a a year that. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of holes in all the winners so far, and no one's really, you know, shown, um, you know, like the wow factor, right? I mean, there's been some good performances certainly, but no one that you're like thinking, man, we're we're we're, we're kind of up against it here. Um, but. It's it's I guess maybe tomorrow we'll start to shed some light if we finally see uh, I guess tomorrow is the hearing and I, I'm not sure when they're going to make their decision. I mean, <laughs> if it if it was, you know, me going in there because I had a, a positive for Butte or something, they would have the hearing and I'm sure they would make the decision right then and there. Uh, because of all the other circumstances here and there'd be lawyers in the room and this and that. I have no idea when they're actually going to make a decision. I mean, uh, I don't even know if they're required to, to make um, a ruling tomorrow or if they're given time or if there's a, a period of time after the hearing, they have to make a ruling I'm, and that there'd be a, some sort of time limit, but um, It just, uh, it seems like this is a, a high stakes game of, of chicken, right? Where, hmm. where these people are just going to roll it and, and play, and, you know, to the last minute. And I, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was kind of my notion too. And I was going to ask you if you think that, you know, they're just going to try to put pressure on them on on the uh the board or whomever is making the decision about the derby points or churchill or you know i don't think any pressure all the cards he literally is holding the best hand of anybody in this thing so far i i don't think churchill down i don't think anything would ha could happen that would make churchill down change your mind at this point hmm. i mean they are, are, are they're dug in anyone who thinks that churchill downs is going to give in is nuts they don't give in, and they don't usually lose lawsuits. So what's so, the angle? What, what's the angle, you think, to, to keep horses with him, especially the ones that, have, you know... Oh, a lot of those people are brainwashed. They're brainwashed into thinking he's the only person that can train a good horse. I mean, listen, he's gotten billionaires to to check their egos. I mean, that in itself is, is, is <laughs> a, an amazing feat. Like, if I was as rich as some of those people, I would never be partners, especially with some of those other people. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, there's so many unknowns, right? And, and everyone thinks, well, this and that. Churchill Downs is not giving in. What happens with the Racing Commission? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, And if the suspension is upheld sir surely they're going to appeal it i mean that's like not even a question right i mean they've gone this far you know they're not going to just say oh well they ruled it you know we're i mean uh... and part of the problem too is that we don't get any 
any uh anything no anything from from the only thing that people the only people that are talking about the the whole case are bob baffert's lawyers and you know the lawyers are always going to come up with this outlandish you know they're, they're going to put it uh frame it and and their best interests of course all the time and everything's going to be bad and 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 you know schmucks like us so <laughs> like who really knows nobody but Churchill Downs is not backing down. There's no no chance. And, you know, there's been talk about injunctions and things like that. And, I, again, I, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't really have any idea um, the, the, the chances of, of that happening. People were talking about the owners filing injunctions, but I don't think the owners have any standing because none. they're not they're not listed as, as being right. They, they don't they, they just. <laughs> This idea that, that you can't tell people what to do, well, that's not exactly true. Try, try to go to a restaurant with a guy who's not allowed. <laughs> Brew's room. Right. We should be banned from there. But, um, I don't know. It seems, it's just the whole thing is, it's distracting and, it, and it's annoying and it's and it's probably going to be go right to the end. So, um, more prep. Speak, speaking of which, um, I wasn't really super high on, on either the preps on the East Coast this week going in. And, uh, there was two pretty impressive winners, but they're two horses that have a lot of question marks. Um, start with the Holy Bull, we're right a barrio. Uh, ran well. I mean, he, he the horse ran a good race. Tyler Gaffleone had him perfectly positioned off of the early lead of Galt, who who uh, was not the suggested uh, uh, pace setter in there. Uh, simplification was kind of almost conceding. People were more or less conceding the lead to him, um, and he broke just terrible. He threw his head up. And when horses break, their heads go down. His head went up, which is makes it even worse because the momentum is going the opposite way of the way they're supposed to be going. Um, and he actually rallied nicely to to, to run second. Um, you know, White Barrio ran well. He he really has never ran poorly. He got beat at Churchill in a race that came uh, in in the fall that that came back. The that's looking a little bit like a key race because. Uh, was the horse Meet Me at Midnight? Um, won the race over at uh, won the Lecompte at, at the Fairgrounds, coming out of that race, finishing seventh, and then White Barrio finished third, came back and wins the Holy Bull. And there have been a couple horses that that came out of the race and ran an Oaklawn and didn't do do much running. But uh, um, I mean, what was your impression of White Barrio going in and coming out? I I picked the horse. I, I like that horse. Um going into the race i i didn't think it was going to unfold the way it did the race um <clears throat> he actually got an easier trip than i thought he was going to get uh once simplification kind of did the uh no hands dance and and kind of backed up but i thought that horse may have run the best race out of anybody um considering what kind of trouble uh he overcame but you know it, it the number came back pretty quick um, but again, you know, notoriously that race, 
the horses kind of peak too soon. You know, I, I wouldn't want a winner out of the Holy Bull unless they were just so dominant that, you know, you, just, you can't deny them anything else. Um, Wider Barrio is probably going to be a nice horse down the road, but Kentucky Derby prospect, I, I have to doubt that. You know, he, he's by a horse named Race Day. Mm-hmm. Who actually has two horses on the Triple Crown Trail. Um, the horse of John Ortiz's that ran second last week in the Southwest, Mr. Barber. Um, he, he's also by race day and pretty much uh, there was a horse that ran most of the year at Gulfstream last year by race day. A uh, two-year-old that won a, or three-year-old, excuse me, that ran a, I think won nine races last year. Um, but there really hasn't been much else. So it's kind of difficult to figure out what a, you know what, what the distance limitations of a race day are. Todd Pletcher trained race day. I think he, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, White Barrow ran well. Uh, what, what did it make the race of Mo Donegal, who, who, to me, it was eerily uh, similar to the race that Known Agenda ran in the <laughs> Sam Davis last year, where he was just broke out of the gate, was kind of. He didn't break bad. He just didn't break quick. And then he was sluggish early and kind of running in spots. And and then uh, when, when he, again, looked hopelessly beaten, looked like he was backing up, all of a sudden, the last 16th, he, he comes flying again and <laughs> like winds up galloping out really well. And, I mean, it was kind of a, a, a strange strip. And he was coming off of a tough race at Aqueduct. He was the... Uh, he was the aggressor in the uh, the Irad Elbow Thirty Days uh, Remsen. <laughs> um. Well, I I think you know the way that horse ran you can't run like that going forward. You know, it's going to catch up to him at a certain point, just like it did. Uh, what's his name? Greatest Honor, where he, he kind of got himself in trouble, ran a little bit, then ran a little bit more, then stopped, kinda, and then poured it on but you know it, it seems like he's still learning but it, it was it was something to build on i I'm, I'm not totally like enamored with it but i'd like to see more i'm i'm, I'm taking a wait and see approach with that horse i wouldn't take a short price on that horse not at this point <laughs> no no i i kind of lukewarm was... you no know, not but I mean, I guess part of the course with all the all the other horses that are on the Derby Trail, it's like eh, they're okay. You know, nobody's standing out. It just seems like one of those years where, you know, you, you can get one of those quote unquote now horses that wins the race, almost like Orb, back you know some years ago, where Orb was just got good at the right time, won the Derby, and that was pretty much it. Right. It's 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 kind of feeling like that year, and of course the the whole Baffert um, you know situation has has really made it tough. You know, get too high on it. Um, I thought um, withers, which very very slow. I mean, it gets comically slow in the winter time in New York. Um, 
I thought early voting ran went well. Uh, I know Craig gave him in his final time form number because he set a, a rapid pace for a, a mile and an eighth, um, twenty three and change, forty eight flat, forty eight point oh four, which which you know is 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 a physical for that day. I mean the track was uh, slow, was super slow. Um, and uh, I it was much in the, uh, in the uh, in, um, I I used them. I bet him to win. Get points for. Uh, I, I bet him in some exactas with a couple bombs, and of course, I got stuck up right by the wire. The, the one bomb I didn't use. Which is also par for the course, but um, uh, when you think that the the toboggan, which was owned by Drafted for, um, the the the, the toboggan of like the uh, <laughs> I guess park version, since it's most of the, <laughs> I mean that race went one twenty five for seven eighths. Course went easy, so um, it shows you that the time, you know, the uh, the mile and an eighth and one fifth came back. Got a seventy eight box. Craig had had given, like I said, give him a little bit of higher time form number than than the buyer par because of of the the fast early pace. But uh, yeah, well, whenever the the track is like that, especially at Aqueduct, you get you get some wacky results like. Um, remember when Bourbonic won? And, and yeah, tremendous price, and it was a wacky race. None of, the, none of those horses did anything after that. Um, yeah, and and over the last, I'd say, two weeks, you know, there was a gold rail, and then the outside was the place to be for like three days, and now the inside's back, you know, golden again. It, it's it's just wild, and um, I I think the uh the prices on all, all the multi-race wagers really reflects that because nobody was hitting anything. I mean, it was just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I thought, uh, I thought my prankster ran really well in the swell offer the, uh, the red hot Todd Pletcher, um, in dreams, Mm-hmm. Who uh, was the Brad Cox horse? Who was who was actually favored for a little while, but but drifted up to two to one. He's had a really rapid pace, and and then just kind of stopped. And um, my prankster, you know, looked looked to look good doing it. I mean, the the setup was 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 pretty good. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it wasn't, but but he looked like a horse that that might be you know a factor, may, maybe not in the uh, Derby, but um, you know, Pat Day Mile type of type of races. What was your impressions of him? Yeah, the same. Again, you know, no, not not like overly impressed, but ran well, um, well enough to know that 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 horse can run and and probably will be competitive in some kind of lower level kind of races i mean i mean not even no lower level like 
you know, grade two type mile, mile type races. So, you know, definitely excited. I, I just want to see somebody improve and, and, and get a nice performance. I, I mean, I guess the closest thing we got to that this weekend was White Abario and, and that wasn't too, too impressive, but it was, it was almost, you know, perfect trip winner, you know, so next time out, uh, that's a horse that I'm going to be really looking at with the side eye because it's like, oh, you're going to get that same kind of setup. Because I think if, if, if simplification got out there in front, I'm not so sure why DeBarrio could have got past simplification. And that horse, I think, ran really well. That's that's the horse that I would keep my eye on more than anybody else. Right. No doubt. Um, the, the forward gal, I thought, was, was a good race. Uh, it seemed like a matchup where uh, I couldn't understand why Gratitude was getting bet in that race. Like you and me both, <laughs> she she had run a couple decent races, but she'd never run even remotely fast Not enough even to be a, to be a factor, let alone the winner of the race on any speed figure. And like and any- and Radio Days has has really done you know very little wrong, but but she was just you know vastly over bet at, at, uh, at three to five. She was two to five, three to five and, and girl with a dream. I mean, she looked like she was the main speed in the race and Gulf stream sprinting. It, it's still on the dirt being the main speed in a race. If you have any quality, you're going to be tough to beat. And, uh, I mean, Louis size gave her a really good trip, you know, got her, you know, he kind of rationed out her speed, uh, made him chase him a little bit. And Radio Days, Dylan Davis had come down for the mount, and he kind of wound up, you know, getting hooked wide in the turn. And, and he was in a drive early in the race that just to get her close, and and she ran well. I mean, she showed her class that uh, in the stretch to to get close. But uh, but girl with a dream at five to one, I, I thought that was uh, a steal. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of those kind of races where I just kept waiting for her to get bet, and she just never got bet. You're getting uh you know like really vintage old school calder louis size rides lately i'm not mad at that no size is really good i mean he he's just got such a handle on everything in in south florida i mean it's it's just he's just locked in anything on the dirt and he has speed he's tough to to get by I mean, he, he carries horses across the finish line a lot. And don't see too many riders doing that. No, sir. Um, he did carry uh, Opalina across the line in the Swedish chant for uh, yeah. Roderick Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, it's Wait. always good to see a guy with three or four horses knock off a stake winner. And uh, at that, uh, that filly is a, a Florida bred. So she got the Florida bred bonus in that race. Um, yeah, that's so, big. Uh, the purse for the winner of the Swedish champ, which was a three zero Philly, Philly grade three, mom sixteenth on the turf, is uh, she got eighty four thousand back. So out of a out of one hundred twenty five, so it was a, it was a good win. And she's a nice horse. I, I just didn't think this was a very strong race. The Swedish champ looked like uh, it looked it looked kind of soft. She was in good form and. And uh, sometimes, you know, 
like you said, a guy's riding good. Saez just made the difference in there. He patterned perfect trip, and uh, she got the money. Yeah. No, yeah, like you said, you know, it wasn't – I don't think it was a really good field. But um it wasn't a bad race visually. But we'll see. I mean, I guess this that's that's kind of the theme of, of this time of year anyway because you can kind of tell horses are not – some of them aren't even cranked up all the way. And they're looking forward to, to other races down the road, especially when the spring comes and – you know, Keeneland and Belmont opens up and the Derby and Churchill and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like a wait and see. And, and, you know, like I was telling you before about the Holy Bull, it's kind of like you don't want to peak too early. And you want to hit yeah. those races you want to hit. I mean, yeah, it's cool you win at this point, you know, like the Holy Bull, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, is he going to tail off and regress to the point where he can't come back or he's just not good enough and this was a ceiling? There's a lot of questions. So, and we're not getting any answers anytime soon with all that other stuff either. So, should be interesting though. I, I mean, not for the lack of drama, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Well, part of the reason is is that um, you know the the point system just is is just not set up. And I don't know why they won't won't change it, but the early season races oh. need some more points. Speaking of which, I saw your boy uh, sounding off about the the equal weights. Can he yeah. equal weights? You're sounding off on equal weights. There's just no reason. Listen, part of the way that the allowance conditions uh, regarding the weights is is just outdated. It's it's it penalizes consistency. It's not what we get these. Like you don't get many horses coming back on short or even a few weeks. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to. To have weight allowances when that's not how horses are campaigned anymore. It used to be a horse in good form. One more. Like if your horse won this weekend, you'd be looking to run her again, you know, run her or him again next weekend or the weekend after or the weekend after at the most. Weeks later. People don't do that anymore. So if, why are you penalizing him? And why would you penalize? lesser race and this is i'm talking about allowance conditions if you win a, a other than then. You're, you're carrying more weight than the horses that have been running in the two other than well why is that that doesn't make sense why should you get penalized for winning a race it's not a handicap a handicap is is taking all factors into consideration but these derby races, the, if we're going to run the triple crown races at equal weights, then the derby preps should be run at equal weights. This is what they are. They're derby preps. They're not races that would... Uh, no, nobody's moving them out of springtime to, to race them after the triple crown, right? No no one's saying, hey, listen, we should run the, you know, the withers in, in, in July. I mean, it. let's run these races as triple crown preps, equal weights. No, you're, you're not... Get one less horse or one fewer horse. It just it just doesn't matter. So, 
I just think that in a lot of ways, the the, the way you know allowance races are written is is just. Uh, I just, I just think it's outdated. Uh, it used to be. I mean, we used to get a lot of it. when if you actually went scale, scale of weights, which of course was made, I don't know, a hundred and twenty years ago. So I mean, talk about difference, but it, it just uh, and, and even so, even though I'm bitching about this, we're only talking usually four pounds or six pounds, but it, it, that can be, you know, that might be the difference between winning and losing, and. uh I don't know. It just to me seems like equal weights would would make a whole lot more sense. I I could see in a race where, like, sometimes you'll see like two other thens, and they'll have like five extra conditions, two other than or horses that haven't won a race in six months. But if you have a horse who's like a graded stakes winner, and now he's eligible for this. Hey guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out there making some really cool apparel and other swag. Fantac. www.fan-tac.com. Check it out. They've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys. And they also are doing some going in circles swag. So if you want any uh, t-shirts or hats, or hoodies, and cell phone covers, check it out. Fantac, F-A-N-T-A-C-K. Are you back? Yes, I am here. Are you better than ever? Oh yeah, I'm I'm hyped right now. Think about it's good though. I mean, it's a lot of those things that uh, some of the people on the other side, on the betting side, don't really get to hear a lot of because you know it doesn't affect us as much as we'd want to believe, <laughs> but it does. No, it's just it, some. It's just not kind of adapted. I mean, they scale well, of weights cool, but... because the jockeys complained about having to carry low weights, low weights, which, which is fine. I mean, raising the scale of weights is fine. Um, um, yeah, it's a little antiquated. It's it's old school. They need to change it. Yeah, at least modernize it. Not even change it per se, but just modernize it, update it. Nothing wrong with that. Where there's a great benefit, I don't know anybody that's there like, yeah, there I, I, I'm gonna run in there because I'm getting four pounds. I mean, no one says that. You just try to find your race and you run them. 
And that's all there is to it. Did I rant last week about the Great Six Committee? Um, no. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. You did. Because, I just wanted uh, to, to. That's to... when it came out. The the uh, the posting with all the upgrades and downgrades and so on. We really need to lose a lot of these race, races. Yeah, I'm sure it happened because, of course, the TOBA, which is who actually grades the races, the Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders Association. Uh, they're probably not going to be wanting to do that because, you know, they're breeders. And the more stakes there are, the more value it, it lends to their bloodstock. But the reality of the situation is that we have way too many greatest stakes, just way too many. And we, and we can't barely fill the races these days, period. And I just don't know, like... Like some of the decisions are just bizarre. Like the New York handicap gets upgraded, but the, the flower board gets downgraded, and it's essentially the same horses at the same circuit. It just seemed odd. But um but seriously, a lot of these races out in California, if they cannot get more than four or five horses, I'm sorry, but you know, there's gotta be there's gotta be something that's that's um I mean, it's not just out there. I mean, it's it's a lot of other places, too. That's the one great thing. I think it's even given more attention and focus on the derby preps and that they're usually big fields. And unfortunately, we just don't get to see that very often. Yeah, you know, and, and I can hear the people playing devil's advocate, especially with the three-year-old races, saying, well, Look at all the Kentucky Derby contenders we have. All the best horses are out in California. No, they don't. They don't run. <laughs> they don't run. You know what I did find interesting though is uh, Echo Zulu is Triple Crown nominated, and the paltry, the paltry number of three hundred and twelve horses were nominated, which is very yeah. low. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what to make of it really. Uh, they they need to run her, like you've been saying. They need to run her. This is, like you said, this is the prime opportunity for this to happen. And she's better than anybody out here. Yeah, if you got a decent three year old with with a touch of stamina. This is this is the year, man. This is definitely the year. Um. My, I, I got a shout out to my man Jerry Bruno. Just free, free like free like a girl won again at Delta. I think that's like her sixth or seventh lifetime win. She's only a three year old filly. And, uh, she beat up on Louisiana breads and she's run some really good numbers. Uh, I think he's thinking about um, Going taking to- a shot at Oaklawn and uh, the the honeybee. Okay, but nice to see a guy with. You know, mostly ordinary horses come up with a good one. And, uh, she's by L. Deal, who I think stands in Louisiana for like twenty five hundred bucks. But uh, she's a good horse. I mean, she's she's got tactical speed, and um, she's uh, beating up on those Louisiana breads. And yeah, the open horses will be a little bit better, but uh, it's always cool to see your friends uh, do well. Yes, indeed. Uh, Cece. CC got beat. Um, 
on Saturday. And it, it, as, as much as Marinus raced well, I, I think that CeCe just seemed like she got paced out of the race. Yep. That was that was my comment as well. Yeah. <laughs> Candyman Rocket made a big return in the the the, the, the Broken Dreams Derby uh, allowance <laughs> at Gulfstream with had a bunch of horses that at some point prevalence and uh, a couple other ones that uh, in, in, including uh, Candyman Rocket were on the, the, the Derby trail for a, a brief period of time before reality struck. But he, he ran really well and seemed like he got a pretty good number. And, uh, I think he's more of a middle distance type horse, right? I mean, think yeah, absolutely. Seven, mile on a 16th maybe maybe a belmont the one turn mile on 16th but uh you know, look look good um uh cheryl spite for our man sid and roger atfield and uh mr fipke uh pulled one off over at tampa winning the uh what was that the endeavor right the endeavor yeah 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 come from from out of it Sid's a regular in the winter circle over there now. Oh man, he's got he's got a lot of pictures at Tampa, Tampa Winter Circle in the last three weeks. <laughs> he's he's like telling you, he's a he's a regular. Um Express Train, he looked okay. I mean, I thought he ran well. I think people were a little bit, you know. I mean, I just don't think much of those horses out there, the no, older horses. They just haven't really How can you? I mean, what was that accelerate right? He, he won the Breeders' Cup a couple years ago, which was probably one of the softer Breeders' Cups, um, classics that we've had. But it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of depth to the uh, to the good there. And I mean, the best, uh, the best West Coast older horse, I mean, outside of Flightline, who's supposed to run in another sprint, is uh, probably Hot Rod Charlie. Mm-hmm. And he looked okay, actually. We didn't talk about. Yeah, that. he he did fine. I mean, do right. That was a a prep race, a three hundred fifty thousand dollar prep race. But um, if you think about it, he he went over to Dubai, ran in a prep race for three hundred fifty thousand, and uh, uh, Mandolin and and Midnight Bourbon had a war for a for what a hundred hundred. But he didn't have planning. I think Mister O'Neill. Uh, Made the right choice there. Went over to uh, the Middle East and, and, and knocked off. One horse made him run a little bit, but he, he looked good. I mean, it was a good prep. So uh, I don't know if 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 it's a, if it's assured yet that life is good as going, but that's where he's supposed to be pointing. And yeah. Um, and then what's what the Saudi race is in what two weeks? Is it? Isn't it two or three weeks? Um, is it Saudi Cup? I mean, uh, third third week in February. Is it the third week? Yeah, I think it's like a month after. Isn't there like a a month between uh between um the Pegasus and that race? Yeah, February 29th. Okay. So yeah, February 29th. So it's it's, it's yeah, leap year. This is leap year. Uh yeah, must be. I guess it is. Sure. Leap year, baby. No, no leap year. Isn't it? No, so can't be on the 29th. 29th would be a Tuesday. So it's got to be the 26th, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, the 26th is 27th, right? It's Saturday is February 26th. But that sounds right. Well, we're back again. <laughs> we were saying there's quite a few American horses pointing to the Saudi Cup. Uh, Dr. Post, maybe. Uh, Fearless, maybe. Midnight Bourbon, Mandaloon, Country Grammar, Miles D. Uh, Mischief, uh, horse who won last year, I think, is coming back. The filly that won the Breeders' Cup Distaff, the Japanese horse. Nice. So should be a, a big field a couple of weeks from now it'll be what two weeks from this weekend uh, yeah no it should be i mean art yeah. collector I, I mean he's listed as a probable or potential so i mean but I'm, I don't know. that's the you know not to take a shot at <laughs> it's 20 million bucks yeah that's a, the that's the attractor just don't get busted by the feds while you're waiting for your purse. So, so next week we'll have the uh, the Baffert. Uh, well, we'll have some kind of news about Baffert because every week we have news about Baffert, but we'll have some kind of issue, uh, or, or I guess something has to be issued right from this uh, this hearing tomorrow. On Tuesday, yeah, I mean, hopefully we get more answers than questions, but I doubt it. I'm skeptical, <sighs> I'm skeptical unfortunately. Yeah, the Sam Davis uh, coming up uh, this weekend. There is a chance I might be there for that. There's a chance I might be there too. Oh, really? You never know. Might show up. I wish somebody I knew had a plane or a helicopter that was going up that way. It's like 50 bucks. A drive. A plane ride. I think the Uber ride from the airport to Tampa Bay Downs would be more than the flight. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never know. (laughs) <laughs> don't be surprised I'm sure Sid will be there for his weekly winter <laughs> for his weekly pick <laughs> Sid might get a job there he could be like you know the guy that doles out the the, the trophies and stuff I tell you what he, he's awfully good luck Yeah, if anything else he's a regular in that winter circle over there at the big T but uh, hopefully we won't have any pick five issues Yeah, that wouldn't be ideal on a day like Sam F. Davis Day. Too bad, but um, sucks. Weather's going to cooperate, though. This looks like it. It looks like it. So that's that's a bonus. Yeah, we'll see how I fare on Thursday, the NBA trading deadline. Well, you know, you know what's going to happen. Probably nothing. Exactly, a whole or no one huge trade and a bunch of nothings. Right, like everybody's anticipating some some sort of movement with uh Ben Simmons, but I, that's not going to happen. And then Boston's going to 
act as if they're going to trade and not trade anybody. And the Knicks will stand pat and Tibbs will get fired in the offseason. Everybody's mad at Tibbs, but he brings this stuff on on, us, on himself. I mean. No, he's relentless. <laughs> that guy's a psychopath. He's like that guy plays cards, right? He's got nothing, but he's, he, he keeps playing his hand every time, even though he's got nothing. And he's like the worst bluffer in the world. He just keeps on going to the well. Ugh, what are you going to do? Anyways, um, as always, uh, thank you for your time and your candid opinion. And uh, again, props for yesterday. I thought you did a good job. Thank you. Got to remember though. Once you're a regular, then people are gonna all not gonna be happy with you anymore. They're gonna that's okay. I can have. Yeah, that's all right. You're, you're gonna get the. Uh, yeah, we used to know the guy when he was cool, but now he's you know. <laughs> I mean, now he's spreading nine and a leg when the three <laughs> to five shot. <laughs> I was nervous, man. That's not my typical. T- Twitter's seen it before. That's true. That's true. That is definitely true. But um, again, it was great, and uh, hopefully leads to more. I mean, they need to have somebody on there that knows how to how to handicap a little bit. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow, and uh, whenever you're listening to this, might have already happened. But uh, it's kind of the biggest news that we can get in racing is is what what the the fallout from from that uh, hearing between the. Kentucky stewards and Robert Baffert and uh we'll we'll kind of next week we'll kick that around for a little bit and like I said we might have a Sam Davis trip in us and uh we'll go from uh we'll go from there sounds like a plan all right my friend uh thank you for uh for listening and uh yeah we'll we'll get at you next week bye